It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. However little known the feelings or views of such a man may be on his first entering the neighborhood, this truth is so well fixed in the minds of the surrounding families that he is considered as the rightful property of some one or other of their daughters. Welcome to Type This Cast, the podcast where we take a closer look at our favorite stories through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Becky. And I'm Janelle. In this episode, we're traveling back in time to Regency England to spend some time with our good friends, Lizzie and Jane, those lovely Bennett sisters. But before we jump into Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, Janelle, do you have any thoughts about our last episode and those fluffy friends from the Hundred Acre Wood that we talked about? The first thing is, I am so excited for the Christopher Robin movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Those trailers just look amazing. And I just have to say that their portrayal of Winnie the Pooh in this particular adaptation, with every single word he says in the trailer, is just such a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. And the, the comment... Uh, that I've heard from several of my friends, particularly about Winnie the Pooh, is that last little bit you get from him of the people say it's impossible to do nothing all day or people say it's impossible to do nothing, but I do it all day long. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Such a nine. Don't ever say that to anybody, people. No, don't do that. But Pooh is such a nine. Yes, definitely. (laughs) The other thing is in explaining some of Our thoughts about Rabbit and the difficulties we had in typing Rabbit, one of my good friends, who is a one, automatically jumped into Rabbit is a one as his seeing some of the things he even doesn't like about himself in Rabbit, Mm. in in especially some of those difficult spaces we wrestled with, with the way Rabbit treats um, Tigger. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kanga and Rue. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that I've been thinking about since then. How about you? Yeah, no, mine is pretty much the same. I have been obsessively watching all of the Christopher Robin trailers and I cry every time. Don't judge me. I'm a four. I cry at everything. They're just um, so beautiful. They are so beautiful. And that like emotional space and that nostalgia of going back to the Hundred Acre Wood. Um, but yeah, I have thought a lot since we talked the first time about rabbit and especially like i think even before um we had talked about the one's impression of rabbit that i had kind of landed there rather than at five where Mm -hmm. i had sort of argued for Mm -hmm. um i think my struggle and this is probably something that will come up a lot is i am a book person yeah and so a lot of the one-ishness is from adaptation depiction. That's fair. It is also in the book. Like, mm-hmm. in the book, it's ambiguous. So, and that's something that we'll clarify in this episode. Just, like, each time we're going to talk about, like, where we're pulling sort of our impressions from. Mm-hmm. But not that I have anything against pulling it from film or TV. Like, that's no. great. Um, so, I think that was some of my confusion with Rabbit. But, like, the more I think about it, especially just... The way in which he gets Pooh out of his home because his home 
is perfectly set up and then Pooh comes in and messes that up in a way that's not Mm -hmm. correct and not to mention you know his gardening skills yes and there's only one way to do it and if you do it wrong Mm -hmm. rabbit will let you know Oh, goodness. It's not unlike the way everyone talks about ones and their dishwashers. Yes, exactly. If you can only set up a dishwasher a specific way. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it that way, they're going to do it anyway because it's right. They'll come help you. Yeah. Yeah. Help. Air quotes. Lots of help. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say that ones are always that way. No, no, certainly (laughs) not. But just like there is an element of what is right and best and they know the best way in that perfectionism that gets given to them so often. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, no, I have a lot of fun having these conversations because I actually really love people telling me I'm wrong. Yeah. Because it makes me think and go back and look and this... Enneagram space of this podcast is meant to be a conversation. So please, 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 dear listeners, Mm -hmm. if you disagree with us or even agree with us, uh, reach out. Let us know. Let us know why you think that or what struck you or maybe you know a 512, whatever they might be, and they seem similar to Lizzie or to Winnie the Pooh or whomever we're talking about. So I would just love to hear from you. And hopefully it'll just grow our knowledge of real life versions of these numbers, especially if you are a particular type and you see yourself in a num- in a character that we assigned a different number to. Yes, absolutely. Because that's where self-knowledge comes. Yeah. And we're really aiming for that. Like the purpose of this podcast is not just to be like, we love these characters. Who are they? Let's give them numbers. It's to see ourselves like that's the value of literature, right? To create that empathy Mm -hmm. where we can step into a character's shoes and see ourselves and learn something about ourselves and use that to go out into the world. So we're hoping that is the community and the life that this podcast generates. So please be with us on that journey. We love you all listeners, even though we don't necessarily know who you are yet. Uh-huh. Um, so with that said, uh, let us transition and jump on in. Janelle, tell us about what we're talking about today. All right. So today we are talking about Pride and Prejudice, which for those of you who haven't read it, is the story of the Bennett family, mother, father, and five daughters who are all of a marriageable age. The action of this story starts when a new, very eligible neighbor moves in, namely Mr. Bingley, and brings with him the exceedingly eligible Fitzwilliam Darcy. Ten thousand a year! Oh my! Many balls and Regency activities ensue, and we encounter a smattering of cads, pedants, and snoots. Spoiler alert! And they all, mostly, lived happily ever after. And uh, may I just say, Jane Austen is a genius, people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through reading this book, which I have read more times than I care to admit, through the lens of the Enneagram this time, I just saw how brilliant Jane Austen was at depicting human nature and personality. I feel that Jane just does not get the credit for just how nuanced and observant her writing is. So many people write her off as romantic women's literature and frivolous frivolous literature. Yeah. So especially in this reading, not only with personality, but what you see 
of mentions and close looks at gender issues, at class issues, at the social climate, and just the interpersonal interactions of all of these unique individuals that she just puts a microscope to is amazing to observe. And I Mm -hmm. learned so much just about myself and humanity. And I've read this book a million times. It just came to light this time. Yeah. All right. Let's get down to business. Let's look at what we think the types might be for the limited selection of characters on which we focused. Slight caveat, let's clarify that we limited ourselves to looking only at the text of the novel itself. And actually, we both found and used the phenomenal Norton Critical Edition, the exact same page numbers, everything. Everything. The cover is the same. We did not do this on purpose, people, but it's really helpful. Also, Norton Critical Editions, for those of you uh, book nerds and literary scholars out there or wannabe literary scholars or just humans, Mm -hmm. um, they are amazing because they not only have the text, but they have a lot of historical background information, critical essays. And like this particular edition has letters between Jane and Cassandra, her sister, and a lot of reviews from the time and then people's critical perspectives. So it's a really great resource that I love. And I marked up like crazy. Oh, yeah. We will have to post pictures to uh, the social (laughs) media platforms of our books. Yes. Because we color coded them and they are just written up all over. And I love it. Mm hmm. And we shied away from the many wonderful adaptations of this story, which was hard because we're particularly fond of the BBC adaptation, as well as the amazing Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Please watch them. Please watch them. In the show notes, there is a link. They're amazing. Yes, they are. Okay. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) um, uh, so just a brief reminder for those of you playing along at home. Here are the monikers we are working with for each Enneagram type. And a brief reminder, there are many different titles or monikers or words used in association with the numbers. Think of them as a guide. Um, These are the ones that we found the most helpful. But uh, just a reminder of what we're using as we talk about them. Exactly. All right. So type one is the reformer and their need statement is I do everything the right way. Type two is the befriender and their motivation is I help others. Type three is the motivator. They are motivated by being seen as successful. And there's type four, the romantic. I am unique or experience uniquity, as I like to say. Not supposed to say it, but oh, you four. Stop that. Type five is the observer and their motivation is I need to understand the world. Okay. Type six, we've called the guardian. Their need is I need to be secure. Mm -hmm. Type seven is the enthusiast and they um, are motivated by a need to be happy and open to new adventures. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And then there's type eight, the challenger, whose need is I must be strong. I've also heard them recently called the confronter. And I like that, too. That is a good one. Um, Type nine is the peacemaker. And I am agreeable. (laughs) Yes, you are. Yes. (laughs) 
Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when you're being stubborn. Yes. Um, so uh, our little warning message that I please ask you to listen to, even if you're playing along at home, do not type other human beings. Uh, you cannot know their motivations the way a reader knows the motivation of the characters in a book like a book, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday I actually heard a really great perspective on this from Ian Cron uh, when he appeared on Jen Hatmaker's podcast for The Love. Um, in the episode, he was talking about people that quickly type other humans. And he said that when you type another person, all you become is a number thumper. Mm. And all number thumpers are, int- all they are is interesting at a cocktail party. But all they have is a little bit of information about their type. And the thing about the Enneagram is that it really requires time and commitment. And it has to be more than information before it's going to make any difference in your life. It's just to know your number. It will not change anything. So please don't thump your friends and loved ones. Exactly. One of the things that I found, and it may be some of my nine space, is that these characters who are not real human beings are complex enough that I could easily argue at least two different numbers for each of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. It's time for the lightning round. I've been waiting for this all week, you guys. We have tried to hide this from each other. It's so hard. It's been so hard. Here we go. Let's reveal. Let's, Let's reveal. type this cast. All right. Mr. Bennett, five. Five. Mrs. Bennett, three wing two. Three wing four. <laughs> okay. Mary, five. Five. Kitty, nine. Two. Whoa. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Lydia, seven. Three. Whew. Jane, nine. Nine. <laughs> no question. Elizabeth, eight. Four. Darcy. Sorry, I got thrown off by that. Five. <laughs> One. Interesting. Okay. We also skipped over Bingley. Oh, we skipped over Bingley because I was too excited. <laughs> Seven. Nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we disagree on so much. I know. This is amazing. Okay. But wait, like I said, there are ways in which I will probably agree with you because I thought the same thing. Okay, I just look, chose. just, just, just. Dig your heels in this time, you nine. <laughs> um, don't do that to people, by the way. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So this is going to be really interesting. I am so excited about this conversation, folks. Uh-huh. So this is where I just want to give our sort of MO once again. Mm-hmm. The way we are doing this is we have textual evidence. Yes. To support why and how we see these numbers in these characters. And let me start by saying, I hear all of you. I know. Mm-hmm. There is so much yes. in this text. I have 50 pages of notes handwritten. I am not lying to you right she now. She really isn't. There's 50 pages. On this text, I have so much evidence that I got overwhelmed. And so we have limited ourselves to, for the most part, one quotation per character, and then mm-hmm. we're going to talk through them. Exactly. Um, but we are limiting ourselves to the text of the book of that Norton Critical Edition, mm-hmm. and we are defending it that way. Um, so, with that said, bring me your evidence, my darling Janelle. 
Well, um, let's start. Let's just go down the list. Let's start with Mr. Bennett. Of course. And we I think we both said five on that. Yeah. Yes, we did. OK. So my primary evidence for Mr. Bennett being a five is this beautiful, very short quotation from page 49 in mm-hmm. the Norton Critical Edition. In his library, he had been always sure of leisure and tranquility. It's just, oh, that's the five cave, their safe space where they're surrounded by the things they know, where they can go to recharge and get away from the rest of the world. Um, it's just, oh, yes, so indicative of, of his fiveness. Um, Yes, I think I may have stolen a quotation you had for. She directly stole my evidence. But don't worry, folks. I have five pages of more evidence. Um, I know that you were very concerned that there would not be enough. Um, so that one really stuck out to me because of that like safe space mm-hmm. of a five. Yes. They're like sanctuary that, that he wants to protect. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a lot of different things, but I think the thing that really stands out to me about him, and now this is going to get into some relational space, mm-hmm. but uh, I think this will be a good thing to talk about because we'll do Mrs. Bennett next. So, yeah. um, so this is a longer quote than that one, but um, here we go. Her father, captivated by youth and beauty and the appearance of good humor, which youth and beauty generally give, respect, esteem, and confidence had vanished forever from their marriage Mm. and his view of domestic happiness were overthrown. He was fond of the country and of books and from these tastes had arisen his principal enjoyments. Uh, Her, Mrs. Bennett's ignorance and folly had contributed to his amusement. Mm -hmm. So with that one, I really like what it shows you of this tragic marriage really, but that he went in, he was drawn in by her youth and beauty and the appearance of good humor, Mm -hmm. which he thought would be oftentimes in these texts. Humor is like also sense, not just like you're hilarious. Yeah. Um, and the way in which he dealt with the breakdown of his expectations Mm -hmm. is that he lost all respect and esteem for her. So then he just went into his library, that first quote. He went into his study with his books to cope and just like a coping mechanism for a five like sardonic laughter, right? He becomes amused. And that's actually why I think I said this initially. I think he has a four wing Mm -hmm. actually because I think you hear over and over like he says laughter is the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just his coping mechanism. And he becomes kind of a showman when you hear him telling stories like a show off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was confused by that. Yeah. I I definitely had a hard time pinning him down, although he came a little more easily than some of the other characters, mm-hmm. just because he doesn't necessarily read in social situations like sort of the book definition of a five, mm. because he does interact so genially and he mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily try to, to escape the social spaces that quickly. But one of the ways in which I've noticed he interacted with it was from that outside observer perspective. Mm -hmm. And he, he made 
cynical but very observant comments about what he was experiencing. So it wasn't that he was entering the situation so much as watching it from the observer yeah. space. Oh, yeah. Like all of the comments that he makes about like, you know, that famous comment like, what do we live for but to make sport of our neighbors and laugh at them in our turn? Mm-hmm. Like it's that idea of that safe, observant space, the yeah. observer, the investigator. And I think also one of the things that stands out is like every interaction he has with anyone ever, but like he's always escaping. Like when he gets the letter yeah. about uh, Lydia, mm-hmm. he's running away to the like garden bower and his daughters have to find him. Like he's g- running away to deal and yeah. then come back into society once he has thought through. Mm-hmm. Um So everything you see Mr. Bennett do is to protect his energy. I think also when we see how he interacts with his daughters, Mm -hmm. how he values his daughters, they each have a value placed on them. Mm -hmm. Lizzie is number one because she has sense Mm -hmm. because he because a five values sense and reason above all else. And Lydia is at the bottom of the barrel because she has that energy that encroaches on his space. Yeah. I argue seven energy that encroaches on his space. <laughs> um, Janelle might we'll argue see. something different. Um, yeah, there's a lot more we could say about him, but uh, let's move on to one that I thought would be our contentious space. But isn't. But isn't. <laughs> the contentious spaces were ones that I am certain of. I am intrigued yeah this will right. be this so, will be fun so um since you started it last time i'm gonna start it this time so you don't steal more of my quotations <laughs> Go you for quote it. stealer no Aww. it's good we think alike <laughs> slash the book has proof yes um okay so this one's mrs bennett and i said that i think that she is a three a motivator which is in that heart feeling triad mm-hmm. on the enneagram um I'll just read it and then we'll talk about it. This was a lucky idea of mine indeed, said Mrs. Bennett. More than once, as if it was a credit of making it rain, as if the credit of making it rain were her own. So I'm cheating on this one because I have a longer quote and I'm going to break it up because I want to talk about that part first. Okay. Um, so the, the saying it more than once to get the credit for an idea, the sort of threes need to look successful in all spaces. That's Mm -hmm. where they find value and love in what they do. Mm -hmm. So um, she here has come up with this lovely plan of sending Jane to Netherfield on foot without a care or horseback. Horseback, Sorry. Mm -hmm. Cause that's Lizzie. Yes. Um, And then it's supposed to rain. So Jane will have to stay at Netherfield longer because she can't come back because it's raining. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it happened. But people were saying, like, your daughter could get sick. Um, And then she responds, as people are blaming her for a bad idea, with people do not die of little trifling colds. She will be taken good care of. As long as she stays there, it is all very well. So this is like, I just hear there her struggle with failure mm-hmm. and admitting her failure. Yeah. But later, I didn't keep this quote too, but like later she mentions like if the narrator says if Jane had been truly sick, she would have felt the weight of it because she does love her daughters. Of course. Obviously. Yeah. But because she's not overly sick, because she'll be well cared for, she mm-hmm. feels justified and she wants to have the best 
people to have the best opinion of her in that mm. space. Um, but we do see some failures later in the book with Mrs. Bennett, with Lydia. Mm-hmm. But even then, she spins the story and will not admit that she has failed. And now you're stealing one of my references. Okay, I won't, I won't talk more, but I have no, a lot to say fine. on that. But like what we see that happen. Um, but I also want to say like we treat Mrs. Bennett really harshly. Yeah. All of us. And I think we need to take a second to think about the situation she's in. Her definition of success, she says, page one, Mm -hmm. is to have her daughters married well. That, as a woman, is your success. And additionally, she is living in a state of housing insecurity. Because the second Mr. Bennett dies... The house gets given to Mr. Collins, who we won't even talk about because oh, I can't. Nope. Misogynistic freak. Um, but he, so none of the daughters will get this property. Mm-hmm. So she is terrified for herself and her daughters at what will happen. So her main goal in life is to get them married well and to look well in the eyes of her community. Mm-hmm. So she is constantly putting other people down, one upping people speaking big and loud mm-hmm. because she's so insecure that she has to speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even when we see these occasions when she's one upping neighbors, um, whatever that might be in the end, she succeeds, right? Mm-hmm. Like she has her daughters married yeah. all but two yeah. who are kind of taken care of. But the thing about a three is you don't really get introspective as a three, unfortunately, until you experience a failure that you call a failure. Yeah. So who knows if Mrs. Bennett will ever get to that deep space. And she does very much impact the entire world around her. Oh, goodness. Yes. Um, So, yes. Three, emotional space. She responds in shame Mm -hmm. when people uh, insult her family or insult her and she goes big and she always defends them. Definitely. So as you just pointed pointed out with her success is one of the quotations I have is because I also said she was a three. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from the end of the book. So spoiler alert. There are no spoilers on this show. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) You're going to find out what happens at the end. You're welcome. Here we go. Dear, dear Lizzie, a house in town. Everything that is so charming. Three daughters married. There you go. Her success. 10,000 a year. That just is one of the ways in which I saw um, the space in which we disagreed was her wing, Mm. which... I think she could easily access either. But the two side was that her success also comes from her children's success. So it is her own success that she's seeking, but it's also benefiting them and it's helping them. So she's forcing Jane to go on horseback in benefit Mm -hmm. for Jane that will also raise Mrs. Bennett up in society's Mm -hmm. eyes. And so I think the focus on... It is, as you said, her success as a mother in this era um, and also just some of the the ways in which she seems to care mm-hmm. is both acting out of the three space. And I saw some two wing there. Um, Whereas yeah. I saw four in the histrionics. And actually, I, I, um, I saw that more in not necessarily the histrionics so much as actually this right here 
when Jane is speaking of her mother, just after hearing the the news from Lydia, um, Elizabeth has just come home. Jane says, my mother is tolerably well. I trust, though, her spirits are greatly shaken. She is upstairs. Dot, dot, dot. She does not leave her dressing room. That shows me that the way in which threes go to nine Mm -hmm. in stress. She, yes, it's very much still all about her and being waited upon, but she's not doing anything whereas threes Mm. are all about doing and she just shuts down um can i give another interpretation of that yeah sure that's also supporting the three space because that was one of my backup examples and Mm -hmm. i actually see that histrionic space Mm -hmm. as if she is failing it's actually just pure three space Mm. if i cannot be the best mother to do this i will be what is expected in society when this Mm -hmm. happens Mm -hmm. my value is that Lydia gets married. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole section where she's talking about the wedding clothes. First, she's like, no, you must get her married. Then she says, but when you do, don't have her worry about the wedding clothes. I'll advise her on what looks best. So and then she says, oh, but Mr. Bennett cannot fight. She doesn't actually care if Mr. Bennett fights Wickham. She doesn't actually care if Lydia is married or not. She even complains when he comes home that he didn't fight Wickham. But I don't think that she actually thinks that. I think she is acting there, putting on this mask of what society expects mm. a person who cares about her kids in that moment to do best. Mm. So she is the most pitiable person in the room. She is the most emotionally bereft person mm. in the room. She is the best at being overly emotional and having no one care about her nerves. Like I just read that as another three like manipulation Interesting. of people. I think it's both a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes her sound really manipulative. And like, I don't think it's conscious. No, I think she's doing that because she's like, Oh God, all of a sudden I might be failing. My daughter might be like lost forever and society will judge my family. So here, I am so upset by this. Oh, no. Oh, woe is me. I knew all along. I knew that this would happen. I told everyone this would happen. She says that, by the way. Yeah. She did not say that. No. Um. So, yeah. Like, I think that's really interesting how we can see three space from two different aspects. Definitely. Which is why we cannot do this to humans. Exactly. <laughs> A real life human has to do that work for themselves. Yes. All right. So... Darling Mary is next. And I think here we also agreed that she's a five. Mm -hmm. And you take it this way. I started last time. Okay. So my primary... My primary quotation for Mary is... I'll be really sad if you steal this one too, because I have a really good one. I hope I didn't, but here goes. It's fine if you did. This is an example of what I like to call the five talk style of lecture. Pride, observed Mary, who piqued herself upon the solidity of her reflections, is a very common failing, I believe. By all that I have ever read, I am convinced that it is, a v- that it is very common indeed, that human nature is particularly prone to it, and that there are very few of us who do not cherish a feeling of self-complacency on the score of some quality or other, real or imaginary. Vanity and pride are different things, though— The words are often used synonymously. A person may be proud without being vain. Pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves. Vanity to what we would have others think of us. The thing that strikes me the most, not 
this is one of the few non-main character paragraph length speeches which is sort of that lecture space and also Mm -hmm. she speaks of pride from everything she has read not Mm -hmm. from her experience personally as a human or from even observing which a five would do those around her it's coming from her time in the books which mary is not unlike her father in the books on a regular basis Mm -hmm. um so i think since that was such a large chunk i'll leave my um defense of mary as a five there and pass it off to you okay uh we did not choose the same thing okay though i do agree mary's mo as it were is always that like moral lecture Mm -hmm. um one of which which is one of the reasons why i had i had a hard time initially saying Mm -hmm. is she a one it and then no there's Mm -hmm. just nope five because it's not from being right it's from book book observations exactly so tied to that i think the quote i pulled was not deeply one of her long lectures but i think this could be a textbook definition for a five Mm -hmm. like this right here so mary says every impulse of feeling should be guided by reason and in my opinion exertion should always be in proportion to what is required Like, that is just precisely a five space saying Mm -hmm. everything should start from reason and not your emotions. Mm -hmm. And you should always think about what you're doing in proportion to the energy required. Mm -hmm. Because fives are known as the number on the Enneagram with the least amount of energy. Fives are always reserving their energy. They are detached from their emotions and observing the world to protect that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we see Mary's consistent talk style, that lecture talk style, which is the fives forte because it's structured mm-hmm. and they know what they're sharing. They're bringing in all of their observation while we do talk a lot about books and book learning, it's not always book learning no. for a five. Um, she gives every speech is usually some moral or theologi- theological treatise. Mm-hmm. And she is just highly socially unaware, which is often a five aspect. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean they always are. It just no. means the ones that we have in this book super are. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the two we've had so far. Yes. Um, also, as you mentioned with the um, the lack of energy or mm-hmm. the hoarding of the energy that gets drained in the social situations, I did note that when they're talking about the Netherfield Ball, mm-hmm. she speaks of the requirement of society and how as long as she has her mornings to herself, mm-hmm. she's able to go out and participate in a in a ball. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down too. Yeah. Um. We also see something that was interesting to me is along with that Netherfield, we see so many scenarios where her sisters go out into the world, go for a walk to Meriton or wherever it might be. And Mary will stay home with her books because she finds joy, comfort and fulfillment there. And she can predict and manage her energy. And she has plans for her life. Like that is what she mm-hmm. wants to be doing. Definitely. Um, I'm going to throw in another quote just because uh, I feel like it. Um, Go for it. She says, tied to what you were just saying, um, Lydia is explaining this amazing adventurous trip she and Lydia had going to meet Lizzie at an inn. 
And Mary responds with, I confess, they would have no claims for me, no charms for me. I should infinitely prefer a book. Yep. <laughs> and I just love that about a five. Yep. Bring in the book love to our world. All right. So now our next character. I think the first on which we differed. We differed. All right. So we better bring it. Yep. Um, we have Kitty Bennett, darling Kitty or Catherine Bennett. And I said, I'm going to start. Go for it. I said that she was a nine, the mm-hmm. peacemaker. Um, so I will start with a quotation about her from the very end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, in society so superior to what she had generally known, her improvement was great. She was not of so ungovernable a temper as Lydia, and removed from the influence of Lydia's example, she became, by proper attention and management, less irritable, less ignorant, and less insipid. So tied to that, every time Kitty is mentioned in this text, which is not a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but I see that as part of this. So every time Kitty is mentioned, she is described in conjunction with Lydia. It's always Lydia and Kitty, Kitty and Lydia, as if she has no personality of her own. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that I believe she was just she was so tightly merged with mm. Lydia because she spent all of her time with Lydia mm-hmm. that she didn't maybe even know herself. But the tragedy mm-hmm. is that her family did not know her. Yeah. Her family was unaware with who Kitty herself was. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw one of the biggest moments. So this like quotation is showing her growth yes. when she's away from Lydia. Mm-hmm. She is able to grow because she's on her own and getting to know herself better. Mm-hmm. And so I just really saw that as that nine like unmerging basically. But additionally, I think there's a scene in which after Lydia is gone, her father cracks down on her mm-hmm. with like Lydia was crazy. So you will never go to a ball. You will never travel. You will never do anything. Mm-hmm. And we see Kitty respond just desolately. And it felt like that nine space of that like inner anger and anguish mm. because she was not seen. She didn't matter to mm-hmm. them. Like this idea that like, I am not Lydia. And then she finally fights back in this like nine anger right action and uh-huh. she's like i'm two years older i should be respected i should get to do things hmm. but i'm not because you don't see me because you i've been merged with my sister and i've just not taken up space mm-hmm. is the way that i interpreted that and just especially in her desolation hmm. um so that is my take on kitty all right so i had a hard time with kitty because of what you talked about there's so There are so few instances, read like two, where she is mentioned without Lydia Mm -hmm. at all. And it takes until... Because she's merged. It takes until (laughs) the end of the book. One of the things that I I did struggle with the idea that she might be a nine. And unfortunately, this is one of the spaces where I should ask my family how quickly I have come out of spaces having been merged with someone for mm. a period of time because I imagine with our stubbornness it wouldn't take as long as it did for Lydia but Lydia and Kitty have been paired since Kitty was born I imagine mm-hmm. but I said she since was... Lydia was born sorry yes thank you Lydia is the baby Lydia is the youngest 
Kitty is two years older. Mm-hmm. Um, 17. One of the things that the reason, one of the reasons I said she was a two was because of that, some of that age difference and both Kitty and Lydia not being the boys that their parents are so longing for mm-hmm. that they that Kitty felt that she had to take care of this younger sister. Mm. And so she becomes sort of in the two space more codependently bonded with Lydia. Um, I also wrote down um, something similar to what you had about the way in which by the end she has become not Lydia's twin. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the things that stood out more to me was, uh, sorry, were the, um, I wrote down at the very beginning, she gets on her par- parents' nerves because she's coughing. Mm-hmm. And she responds, I do not cough for my own amusement, which could be nine-ish in feeling like she's disrupted the piece, but also the fact that she responds at all mm. instead of just leaving mm. felt to me more like this defensive apologetic space. Um the other thing is the the rant when Kitty or sorry, when Lydia is invited to um to go off with the regiment, um Kitty says, I cannot see why Mrs. Forster should not ask me as well as Lydia said she, though I am not her particular friend. I have just as much right to be asked as she has and more too, for I am two years older. And I see your point in Mm -hmm. assuming that could be some of the nine anger. She's tired of being overlooked Mm -hmm. space. But in this particular situation, I felt that came from the, I have been a loving human to you why are you not loving me back in mm. that sort of two space? Um, but she's not yelling at Lydia, though. No, she's upset not with the person she's bonded with, but yeah, with the person fair. who left her out. Okay. Um, so that's that's the hard part. I, I had a hard time with Kitty just because there's so little information of her on her own. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold to two for now, but I can see how... Nine is also definitely a possibility. Can I would like to mention right here, like this is a really interesting moment because twos and nines oftenly get mistyped for one another or mistype themselves as one or the other because their behaviors look so similar. Mm -hmm. Like this is where the Enneagram, it's really important to look at a person's motivation, Mm -hmm. which because we don't have much of that in the text, we, in fact, none of that for Kitty. Kitty. Um, it's coming. Where is it coming from? Where is that ang- like that moment of anger coming from from her? Because I just really saw that as an awareness that yet again, she has blended into the background mm-hmm. that people said Kitty and Lydia. And because Lydia is the bigger personality, they mm-hmm. choose Lydia over Kitty yeah. because she's invisible. And it's that like, oh, I didn't show up again like I didn't matter and now I haven't mattered yeah like it just felt like her response to that is what I felt like viscerally uh-huh. in that moment 
Um, but I really appreciate that too. Like, cause I can see that bondedness and that like, I have been loving you and caring for you so well. Mm-hmm. And you just go and like throw me out like trash. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the tough part too is nines can have an eight wing and twos mm-hmm. go to eight in stress. And so from the outside, which is why you should never type your friends. Look very similar in their actions Mm -hmm. so yes yet another example don't type your friends yeah well and i mean i have i just i have so much written down um but with her oh gosh one of the other i just want to bring up one more just because like i'm really intrigued by this um so there's a quote when kitty and lydia have gone to pick them up in the coach mm-hmm. um and lydia is telling this story and lydia says kitty and me drew up all the blinds and pretended there was nobody in the coach and i should have gone so all i should have gone so all the way if kitty had not been sick mm. and i just heard that as like going along to get along yeah. this like oh this is what we're doing we're pretending we're laying down in the coach and pretending there's no one in it mm-hmm. and like kitty was sick physically her body was getting sick yeah but she wasn't aware of it or she was avoiding it so that like lydia could have her fun and have her thing until she could no longer until she could no longer hold it and like i just saw that explosion literally gross as like that thing happening but i could also see that from two space yeah right like as like this is what she'll do to feel loved she won't love me if i don't do what she wants to do Mm -hmm. and so it's Oh, gosh, that's such a fine line. Yeah. And it's it's definitely difficult. I can, for myself, I had a hard time, even as someone who knows my own motivations, hopefully. Yeah. Initially, before I started really diving into to my own type, figuring out, well, is this, is this two or yeah. is this nine? Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see ya. Yeah. I like I lo- I love that that happened. Yeah. Like I super love that that happened. Okay, so uh, now everyone's most favorite character in this whole book, Janelle. Tell us what you thought about the youngest of our Bennett sisters, Miss Lydia Bennett. Yes. So for Lydia, um, again we disagreed here. Mm-hmm. I said that she is a three. Okay, tell me why. That would make sense. Due to her mom. Yes. And a lot, not a lot of it. Some of the things that I saw definitely come from, we say the three is trying to appear successful. Mm-hmm. And so I chose three because to her, success looks like doing what her mother expects of her mm. to a certain degree. And so, or just what she's heard her whole life because her three mother is mm-hmm. constantly talking about these successes so what what is her i'm sorry i'll let you talk i want to know what you think her definition of success is then yeah so here we go um this this quotation you might also have it too to support seven we'll see is from um lydia dreaming about brighton (laughs) it's literally my quotation i'm sure it is in lydia's imagination a visit to brighton uh, comprised every possibility of earthly happiness she saw with the creative eye of fancy the streets of that gay bathing place covered with officers officers she saw herself the object of attention 
to tens and to scores of them at present unknown, she saw all the glories of the camp, its tents stretched forth in beauteous uniformity of lines, crowded with the young and the gay and dazzling with scarlet. And to complete the view, she saw herself seated beneath a tent, tenderly flirting with at least six officers at once. And with that, I added, tried to vocally add emphasis to her being the object of the attention of the officers, to be the one prized at the center of it. That mm-hmm. space of being the best mm-hmm. um, is where I saw the threeness coming in in that. Um, the other thing that stood out to me is after she's married, even after she's she's unaware or seemingly unaware of the potential shame in the match and the the way about which she got a husband, um, when she comes home and speaks to her sisters, it's from this reshaped, reformed space of I am now the best and brightest. I have done what mother told us all we need to do. I can now get husbands for you. And Jane, you must go lower now. Mm, so it's, I am the best. Yeah. It's yeah, the, the baby stepping into, I've done it. I've made it. This is my world. Mm. Um, so, yeah. There's also... She's just constantly fed the story from her mother, not story, the actions that she's her mom's favorite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100% all the time. So mm-hmm. acting out of that space of look at me, I'm the best mm-hmm. is feels very Lydia. Yeah. No, I see that. Like I see her seeing she's the best mm-hmm. and seeing all of that. Um, the other thing that this, this is very trifling, but to help prove the heart triad Mm. side of things is that um in her conversations particularly to bingley and um captain forster about hosting a ball is that her way of motivating them is by saying how shameful it would be if they did not hmm that's not her feeling shame though no it's her expressing that that is sort of the worst thing that could happen yeah. because they're not complying. Okay. That d- 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 it's a stretch. It's a fair. stretch. I'm not I'm, I'm not invalidating your argument, <laughs> but I I you haven't convinced me. Okay, that's fair. I see especially okay, so I'm going to start with the beginning of your argument because something I struggled with in typing her mm-hmm. was some of that weird emotional space. Mm-hmm. But I saw that as like the influence of her mother Mm. and as that like weight of the three on her. Mm -hmm. So I saw some of those three actions, but I saw that as truly like a reflection of acting like her mother Mm. or what her mom expected in that moment. Yeah. But she always one ups it. But she always tells her mom she did it better, which is a three thing. Mm -hmm. But like every phrase that she uses mm-hmm. every time she tells a story. She says, it was such a laugh. It was such fun. It was the most fun. I had a laugh. I was fun. Mm-hmm. So I just hear this like seven spin. Hmm. Um, so see, whereas I heard that as her presenting herself as this just very uh, easy, 
high-spirited sort of that's her definition of success is being, you know, easily being able to easily move throughout society. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you keep going. Well, I had a lot of things that were tied to just proving maybe some of that imaginative space. So let me start with the thing, the quote that you used, that imagination. Mm -hmm. I tied that to a sevens, like always the experience of doing something is usually the best in a sevens imagination Mm -hmm. because the imagining of a future event is usually even better than the thing itself. It's a mental activity that's full of excitement and anticipation and sevens always want to make things the biggest and the best and the most exciting. And they love to tell big stories, which all Lydia does is tell her family big stories about everything she's done. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to use a different side of um, a seven to defend my seven space. Okay. So one of sort of the dark sides of a seven is that they are always having fun, laughing, doing the big thing, or seeking that like curious adventure in their mind mm-hmm. because they are trying to escape pain. Yeah. They don't want to look at the bad thing. They don't mm-hmm. want to have to deal with the pain. So... um. As Lydia has been found with Wickham, Mm -hmm. she is getting ready for her wedding and her Aunt Gardner is there. And Lydia says, she's telling this to Lizzie, Aunt Gardner was preaching and talking away just as if she was reading a sermon. However, I did not hear above one word in ten, for I was thinking, you may suppose, of my dear Wickham. I longed to know whether he would be married in his blue coat. My uncle and aunt were horrid unpleasant all the time I was with them. If you'll believe me, I did not once get to put my foot out of doors. So... (laughs) They have caught her in an indiscretion Mm -hmm. and now she has to be married and they are telling her the pain that she caused of her indiscretion and Mm -hmm. she does not want anything to do with that. She does not want to hear it. She does not want to look at that pain. Mm -hmm. So she immediately goes into a mental space Mm -hmm. that is imaginative, that it is imagining the wedding day, imagining Wickham in his blue coat and Mm -hmm. the big next big adventure, the next fun thing and we see like she does this all the time Mm -hmm. like there's even a scenario one of my favorite moments when mr collins is there when he starts reading this he's reading from fordyce's sermons when first they suggested a novel and he Mm -hmm. thinks that's immoral and lydia's like "Ah, you are so repressed like who are you and then he starts reading fordyce's sermons yeah he's like two pages in and she just starts talking over him and telling a joke Mm -hmm. like she doesn't even give it she like looks at him for a minute and she's like nope not fun let's do this nope not fun i'm gonna make everyone have fun let me tell you a story about this funny thing that happened Mm -hmm. um and i just think in that big personality and that people are drawn to her um but that i think so much of her behavior is from her mom's definition Mm -hmm. but that is not success in the world but maybe her definition of success is different as you said um but i'm still pretty convinced that she is especially the word enthusiast Mm. like she's always so big and enthusiastic and like even when her sister says that i don't prefer my way that's not my way of getting husbands or i don't like your way of getting husbands Mm -hmm. she just like moves on (laughs) so anyway listen to this funny story yeah you know so that's fair but i think we're gonna have to leave it to the listeners for this one okay all right, so we are now to the oldest of Bennett 
daughters, sisters, both. Jane. Go for it. Okay. Since I started Lydia. I picked kind of what I think is an obscure quotation, but I really like this to Mm -hmm. reveal. Again, there was so much. Jane just shines as a nine. Like, I wrote down basically the whole book every time she talks. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time anyone talks about her. Yes. Well, especially that. Um, Okay. So I have this. The alteration of Caroline's manner would allow Jane to deceive herself no longer. My confidence was as natural as your suspicion. I am sure I should be deceived again. But I pity her because she must feel that she has been acting wrong and because I am very sure that anxiety for her brother is the cause of it. So I chose that because I thought it was a really good depiction of the way a nine can see things from every perspective. Mm -hmm. Because what has happened here is Caroline has stolen Bingley away and kept knowledge that Jane was in London with him Mm -hmm. from him and Jane has found out and when many people would be outraged Jane understands where Caroline was coming from Mm -hmm. Um, so I just think it really reveals a nine's ability to empathize and see every side of an issue Um, Caroline just completely hurt Jane and Jane still speaks up for her and um, I just think that Jane you also see from her many times where she's just not overly demonstrative because she's not aware of her own emotions mm-hmm. um, because she is aware of everyone else's feelings in the room and mm-hmm. not her own. So we have like questions of, is she actually in love with Bingley, mm-hmm. which is what she is giving Caroline the benefit of the doubt with that. That's what Caroline thought. And that is her fault that she does see how Caroline would think that she did not love her brother. And yeah. of course she's anxious for her brother. So of course she kept that knowledge from him because she cares about him and she understands. And we just see Jane's deep, care and empathy for every person in her world that is what everyone says about her and she benefits everyone with her kind calm understanding presence and people just flock to her as to all nines (laughs) Um, but it also means that she gets hurt and she doesn't express her own feelings and as this happens we see her merge with others so she doesn't have to feel those feelings there's one moment where she really speaks to that Um, But I just think like we especially see the beauty of a nine in relationship with others as like she soothes and calms Lizzie Mm -hmm. in her judgments and like cynical outlook. But more on that later. Indeed. So, of course, I definitely agreed with you on Jane being a nine because, oh, my goodness. She's such a nine. And... I definitely appreciate your kind words, Becky, on nines, but I also saw in Jane some of our weak points Mm. and some of our, oh, the things that are sometimes annoying about being a nine to myself. Um, So this is cheating because it's multiple quotations, but it's from the same scenario. It's okay. I did that. So starting from, this is the conversation in which Jane has been invited to Netherfield and Mrs. Bennett has her very impressive plan that goes horribly wrong. But starting at the beginning of the conversation. Not according to Mrs. Bennett. Well, of course not. It works perfectly. For a three. Jane says, I had much rather go in the coach and not 
even a full paragraph just a few lines later, it says this. Jane was therefore obliged to go on horseback, and her mother attended her to the door with many cheerful prognostics of a bad day. And it's just, she actually admitted something she wanted, but it didn't matter. Mm, No one heard it. No one heard it. Because Jane's so nice and will go alone. Exactly. And Mm. therefore was obliged to go on horseback. Ouch. Um, Followed by, this is what, like seriously, my book, it's just bracketed and nine exclamation point (laughs) is her first letter to Lizzie. My dearest Lizzie, I find myself very unwell this morning, which I suppose is to be imputed to my getting wet through yesterday. She doesn't say, I'm sick and it's mom's fault. Mm -hmm. She says, I suppose it's probably because I got wet yesterday. Mm -hmm. My kind friends will not hear of my returning home till I am better. They insist also on my seeing Mr. Jones. And here's the clincher, folks. Therefore, do not be alarmed if you should hear of his having been to me. And excepting a sore throat and headache, there is not much the matter me matter with me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, she's writing a- to Lizzie not to let her know that she's sick, but to make sure that the family isn't troubled by the fact that she is sick. Which is just it's on it's nine space. I, I have a hard time communicating things mm-hmm. with people for fear of the way it will impact their life and their day. Um and of course the beautiful bit from the narrator later on, and Jane, who had only been withheld by the fear of giving alarm or inconvenience, circled that five Mm -hmm. times, from expressing it in her note how much she longed for such a visit, was delighted at her entrance, and that's Elizabeth coming to visit her. Mm -hmm. It just, oh, that hurt? Mm -hmm. Because I do that. Mm -hmm. I actually, can I interrupt you there just to say, uh, I wrote next to that quote that I also wrote down, uh-huh. uh, the missed message for a nine mm-hmm. is that your presence matters. Mm-hmm. And like, that is what Jane is missing here. Cause she's just like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience you with my sickness. Oh, I'm not really sick. Yeah. Oh, don't come. It would be an inconvenience to you. And then she shows up and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also in the letter, the letters, don't worry if you hear about me being sick. I want you to know so that you don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, that could cause you trouble. Yeah. To which I rolled my eyes because I know it mm-hmm. <laughs> too well. Um, and then one of the things that I I had to include, um, just all of her letters, all of all of Jane's letters scream nine to me. Um, the the letter in which she imparts the the dreadful news about Lydia running off with Wickham. I am truly glad, dearest Lizzie, that you have been spared something of these distressing scenes. But now, as the first shock is over, shall I own that I long for your return? It's a question. (laughs) She can't state Mm -hmm. without asking about it. Can I say that I want you here with me? Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad that you escaped having to feel these things. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So, Jane, no questions. Yeah, she's nine. a nine. nine. <laughs> she's a nine. Uh, those that love nines, listen to them. That is the lesson here. Aww. When they speak up, when she says, I would like to use the coach, she s- expressed a desire. Give the woman her desire. Don't make her get sick because of you. 
Right? I'm looking at you, Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> All right. So I think I started that one. So what say you about Mr. Charles Bingley? Mr. Charles Bingley. I I had a hard time. Uh-huh. I really did. And honestly, he was one of the characters where there were points along the way that I wrote, not a this. Yep. Because it was easier to, to figure out what he wasn't. What he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um. And even though this is what I landed on, there's even something that he says about himself that I wrote, not a nine, but I landed on nine. Mm, so that's fine. I am interested in that. It's... G- give your defense first, then yeah. maybe we'll go back to it, okay. depending on what you say and what I say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the things that stood out to me, because I think you said he's a seven... Yes, he is very enthusiastic. He is very enthusiastic. And I also thought for a minute or two about sevenness, but Mm -hmm. I see nine in this. Okay. When I am in the country, I never wish to leave it. And when I am in town, it is pretty much the same. They each have their advantages, and I can be equally happy in either. And to me, that just speaks of the nines going along with it. It's not... When I'm in the country, I'm dreaming dreaming about the the uh, the town. Or when I'm in the town, I'm dreaming about the country. It's when I'm in this place, I'm happy with it. When I'm in this place, I'm happy with it. Um, the the other thing that stood out to me the most for nineness is one of the reasons why I discounted his own statement in which I to which I said, "Oh, not a nine. Uh. is this i see your design bingley said his friend you dislike an argument and was and want to silence this perhaps i do arguments are too much like disputes if you and miss bennett will defer yours till i am out of the room i shall be very thankful and then you may say whatever you like of me it's he actually spoke up which i Mm -hmm. think says more about his Social status and his gender that he actually spoke that he mm. did not want the argument happening than it does to his nineness or not nineness. That he has the privilege to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. There are really the biggest thing that immediately made me think he was a nine are some of the ways in which he and Shane are described as some of the most agreeable people you mm. will ever meet and how they'll always be taken advantage of by their servants. Mm-hmm. Um and the other thing that spoke of his nineness to me is the fact that he so easily defers to his friend's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something that's foreign to other numbers, mm-hmm. but nines and and sixes are in a space where they doubt or question themselves so often mm-hmm. that having that advice, that input from a friend will make all the difference, especially a trusted friend, someone mm-hmm. that you might be moderately merged with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those that's my defense for his nineness. Mm. I will start by that. That last statement you made is the thing, like there are two things that made him ping in my brain as a possible nine mm-hmm. too. Cause I went the opposite route. I yeah. was like, maybe Mostly because Jane's a nine and the quote that I know really well about them is Mm -hmm. that they will always be taken advantage of. Yeah. And that sounds like two nines. It does. Um, Sad, but true. Um, But it's the 
element of deferring to another person's wisdom, like with being led by Darcy and that he trusted Darcy so much that he listened. And so that kind of made me question or undermine Mm -hmm. that. But where I came to think he was a seven as it took looking at everything else to think he was a seven and then Mm -hmm. come back to that and be like, now what with that is I think it's, he just, he wants to free up brain space to think about fun things and Mm. good things Mm -hmm. and exciting things that he's trusting other people to think about the bad stuff for him. Mm. And because he knows he can trust Darcy to be intelligent and well thought through Mm -hmm. that he's probably right. Yeah. And so he'll be like, well, let's go do this fun thing over here. Okay. is like the way that I saw that. Mm Um, also when you, the first quote you did the, when I am in the country, Mm -hmm. I just saw that as that true, like silver linings in your pocket of a seven. Like I can spin anything in the country. It's great in the city. It's great wherever I go. It's great because everywhere I go is fun. Like I can see the good in everything, the joy, the fun, the Mm -hmm. story that I can tell that is that like exuberant joy of a seven, which I love spending time with sevens because there's so much joy. Um, But the quote I have that I think really typifies a seven Uh um, starts with Caroline talking about Charles and then him talking about himself. All right. So this is about his letter writing abilities. Caroline says, Charles writes in the most careless way imaginable. He leaves out half his words and blots the rest. My ideas flow so rapidly that I have not time to express them, by which means my letters sometimes convey no ideas at all to my correspondents. And I just saw that as that like rapidity of mind Mm -hmm. that is a seven. He's going idea to idea and he doesn't have time to keep writing the last idea when there's a new idea in his head. Mm -hmm. And that actually really made me think about why sevens are so bad and don't care about social media Mm -hmm. sevens don't want to post a picture of a thing they already did when they're doing a new thing when they were doing that thing they were thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and Mm -hmm. that is precisely what bingley's doing that's why you don't see bingley's letters he's too busy out in the world having joyful fun and loving the people he's with Mm -hmm. and enjoying their presence he cares so deeply about people yeah like that is the thing no matter what number he is bingley he is so loving and in your corner um so that was really the one that i saw that i think he just people want to be around him and the spontaneity that gets him to leave netherfield Mm -hmm. and not communicate with them just felt like a seven he even talks about that yeah he says early on like if ever i was to leave a place i would do it in the moment and think nothing of it in five minutes in five minutes yeah and he does that to be fair they're all surprised but he warned him that's what he does and he didn't look back yeah because i mean he couldn't but also he didn't yeah like as much as we we do talk about the merging and things but like so that's where i could see nine space too because Mm -hmm. he He's a human being of his own free will. Why didn't he write to Jane? Yeah, let's just talk about that for a right. minute. Why didn't you write to Jane, you ass? <laughs> um, because he was too busy in London, meeting new people, doing new things, enjoying his time, mm. and also being distracted by his sister. I'm sure there were lots of new, exciting thought experiments. <laughs> um, There's also the... So it is particularly the comment about 
if I should leave, if I should quit Netherfield, I should probably be off in five minutes mm-hmm. is particularly the quotation where I said not not nine. Mm-hmm. But it's Darcy's comment mm-hmm. on his statement that made me rethink that. That comment is significant. It is. Darcy, it's what Bingley, it's one of the main reasons Bingley asks them to stop arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, Darcy says that it's it's showing he's being prideful mm-hmm. by saying this thing, which isn't necessarily nine or seven. It's that Bingley wishes to be thought, not as someone who is slow and methodical, but someone who acts quickly and spontaneously. Mm. And I sometimes wish I could be spontaneous. So I understand making comments to those ends, but it's, yeah, that's, I did. I I went back and forth a lot on the seven or nine space. That, That argument though, I don't have it. I don't want to keep flipping around that argument though. What happens? I have so much to say about that. Yeah. What happens is it is a sort of thought experiment about him between Lizzie and Darcy. Mm -hmm. And what Lizzie says is, but if a good friend asked him to stay, surely he would. Mm -hmm. And to that Bingley's like, yes, you are friendly and nice and wonderful. And I like that. And then Darcy says, well, let's get the scenario down before we start guessing. But he is saying he's being prideful. Mm -hmm. But like, I think he cares so much about what others think that you could argue one way or the other. But and that him asking them to stop the argument, I just thought of like, this is getting to bad space. This is getting to bad space. And you're talking about me and you're talking about my bad side. And this is painful. Just stop talking and let me leave the room. Let me go do something else that's fun and not this thing. Yeah. I think for me, it's mostly because he particularly or that his friend who knows him particularly says you dislike an argument. Yeah. Um, that's fair is what led me to it you but, know but a seven and a nine would both dis- well depending on the argument yes depending on yeah. the argument and depending on the seven if that's- it's an intellectual argument sevens are usually there for it and like to play the devil's advocate and yes. watch where the thoughts go because that's fun definitely but as long as it's not looking at like pain and death and yeah. <laughs> destruction and the darkness in the world De- um, certainly yeah all right okay so I started with my defense of Bingley as nine. Would you like to take our, arguably, the character through whom this story is focalized? Yes, I would. All right. I have to start, folks, by saying there's just too much Oh gosh! for yes. Lizzie. I have like 25 pages on <laughs> Lizzie alone. It hurts to have to choose one, but I've chosen one Mm -hmm. that I am convinced of Lizzie's number, like 1000% convinced of Lizzie's number. Okay. Um, So, yes, I say Lizzie is an eight and I love the term confronter Mm. for an eight for Lizzie because every time she speaks, Mm -hmm. she is confronting someone. She is not backing down. Um. And I'm going to read this quotation by Lizzie about herself that I think just typifies where eights are coming from, Mm -hmm. what their motivations are. So she says, there are few people whom I really love and still fewer of whom I think well. 
The more I see of the world, the more I am dissatisfied with it, and every day confirms my belief of the inconsistency of all human characters, and of the little dependence that can be placed on the appearance of either merit or sense. So I just think this is the perfect picture of how an eight sees the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Eights are afraid of being vulnerable because they see the world as a dangerous place that will try to control and hurt them. So everything eights say and do is in an effort to not be controlled, to not be disempowered. Mm -hmm. And that is what Lizzie is doing at every second, every conversation. Um, Additionally... I think this also points out an aspect of eights that is that eights keep a short list of trusted people who are in their court and who an eight will fight for. Mm. And beware if you ever hurt one of those people on their list. Mm. Believe me, an eight will come for you. And also beware if you are a person on that list and you betray an eights vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. (laughs) um they have trouble with that oh certainly um so i think um we see also um i just have a few more things to say that's the only quote i'm going to talk about but um that she is led by her gut and she makes quick judgments about every person she comes to and trusts those judgments dare i say prejudgments or prejudices <laughs> from moment one especially in regards to Darcy mm. she has made that judgment from second one and she digs her heels in and will not change it even later in the book when she starts changing her mind about him she does not say could I have been wrong about my judgment of him she says why is he so altered why is he acting differently like I was clearly right Like, I'm right about my judgment, but he's changed. Hmm. Um, So, and I think we just see Lizzie in that confrontational talk style. Everything happens. She has a contrary opinion. Hmm. Like that conversation we were talking about with Darcy. There's always like, yes, but. Yes, but I have this contrary opinion. Um, And we see her fiercely protect the people she loves and also, I think a thing that really shined eight to me mm-hmm. is any opportunity she has, she brings up the injustice of class. Mm-hmm. She stands up to Lady Catherine because she is in the room with a powerful lady and she will not be controlled, mm. but also because she sees the class differentiations and she just has no time for it. Mm-hmm. She even mentions it. She mentions it to Colonel Fitzwilliam that he can go around the world because he has money and class and no one's ever told him he couldn't, whereas it could be harder for someone from a town like hers yeah. to get around in the world mm-hmm. as a woman, not a man. Like she's always bringing these things up these clash issues um but uh i love what we see where an eight is best when they find good people that can balance them out Hmm. but there will be more on that later all right so contrarily i said lizzie was a four i mean i like that idea (laughs) don't get me wrong (laughs) and a lot of it comes from let's be honest, not dissimilar spaces that she's inhabiting because there's this hope for the world, for Mm. the beauty and potential of the world that she doesn't find. Also, let's be honest. Is it beauty, though? 
Well, we'll see. Okay. Let's be honest. There are some of the ways in which she and her mother clash mm-hmm. that feel very much like that difficult space that a three wing four would find where there's the difficulty in being authentic to and true to oneself as opposed to um i'm not i'm saying that there's her mother is achieving okay in that three space and lizzie just can't handle the ways in which her mother because it's not authentic yeah okay i get that yeah i get that i get that i get that so for lizzie um this this particular bit just stood out to me um it's a bit long so bear with me that's okay you're talking about lizzie bennett here (laughs) be as long as you want upon the whole therefore she found what has been sometimes found before that an event to which she had looked forward with impatient desire did not in taking place bring all the satisfaction she had promised herself it was consequently necessary to name some other period for the commencement of actual felicity to have some other point on which her wishes and hopes might be fixed and by again enjoying the pleasure of anticipation console herself for the present and prepare for another disappointment dot 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 but it is an un- but it is fortunate thought she that i have something to wish for where there were the whole arrangement complete my disappointment would be certain but here by carrying with me one ceaseless source of regret in my sister's absence i may reasonably hope to have all my expectations of pleasure realized it's that space where the ideal of this trip that she's been planning on taking with her aunt and uncle after something else recently disappointed her she knows that if she puts too much hope in it as she's wont to do with certain things she'll be disappointed and so she's glad to spend the time worrying about and having the ceaseless source of regret to carry with her to know that her the rest of her expectations which will be dimmed by that source of regret mm-hmm. will be met um the other thing that i just saw as as very for space was okay caveat my master's dissertation was on the study of narratology and the focalization of books particularly within agatha christie's work but pride and prejudice is while the narrator is not elizabeth the book is told primarily from elizabeth's area we'll we'll say that it's not coming from her mind Mm -hmm. you see into other characters minds but it is told around elizabeth and her perspective and so with that I have this quotation from fairly early in the book. She could only imagine, however, at last, that she drew his notice because there was something about her more wrong and reprehensible, according to his ideas, of right than in any other person present. Mm -hmm. And while it does say that she thinks it's from his perspective or his idea of right that she has something wrong in her, it's we just saw into Darcy's mind. He's admiring her. He is starting to fall in love with her. And because he's noticing her, 
there's this there's something wrong with me there's something missing that um the four across from me is shaking her head but that's that's just that constant message that a four holds on to is that there's something missing and there's something wrong with them so that's that's where I sit on Miss Elizabeth Darcy I see I see you I see you um sorry Mrs. Elizabeth Darcy so I just I have so many things I want to respond to but I can't all of them um I think the quotation that you just used about seeing what's wrong, mm-hmm. I just saw that as her digging her heels into her prejudice even more. Mm. She's judging him because she knows he's judging her and that he thinks himself a cut above the world mm-hmm. and he can't control her. She doesn't even care if he's judging her. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. I'm undercutting you mm-hmm. every time. Um, oh, gosh, that's so interesting that you think she's a four. Yeah. Um Oh, there was something else you said that I wanted to respond to in her eight space. Um, I just think there's just so much combativeness in her that a four wouldn't give. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I find that really interesting. She, I just think that so many of those four moments, like, oh, what I wanted to say, the quote you had about her thoughts on her trip, mm-hmm. that's just her seven wing. Because she's always looking for the biggest amusement. Indeed. What is amusing. And but a seven that, wouldn't want to hold on to the painful aspect. Yeah. I just didn't even read that yeah. in that quote at all. It was that I want to get away from the painful aspect. So thank goodness there's a thing that I can look forward to. So I'm holding on this thing to look forward to. Otherwise, I would have to look at the disappointment. But she's an eight wing seven. So it's not that she's completely avoiding that pain. I just thought Mm -hmm. I see her vacillate between actually her seven wing and go to a nine wing as well. Hmm. Because I there's a moment um, that I was planning on talking about later, but where Jane helps her to have empathy for Darcy. Hmm. And she does. Like she immediately engages that empathy. That's one of the things that I think landed me so quickly on four though is Mind you, it's particularly about Jane, but Elizabeth shows some true empathic space for her family. And I felt how true that was for a heart triad member Mm. like a four. Interesting. Um, The other thing that the reason... Because I can see how you would think thinking about that next exciting thing would be from Mm -hmm. a seven wing. But the fact that she still wants to hold on to something that is painful so that the Mm -hmm. rest of it can still be okay Mm -hmm. is what really stuck to me is as the four, like we talked about with Eeyore, enjoying the dark. I just think she doesn't talk enough from an emotional space. Every comment she makes is combative. Mm. Like if you read this, like every single statement, like even this, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, Darcy comes over and asks her to dance. She says, you wanted me, I know, to say yes, that you might have the pleasure of despising my taste. But I always delight in overthrowing those kinds of schemes and cheating a person of their premeditated contempt. I have therefore made up my mind to tell you that I do not want to dance a reel at all. And now despise me if you dare. And See, she's constantly saying that. I saw some of that, especially in the early pages of the book, mm-hmm. as her 
desire for uniquity from those around her. And yes, I used a Becky word. That is the correct term. Uniqueness is not a thing. It is uniquity. Use it. Use it. Copyright Becky Hope. (laughs) So yeah, I saw that as her, her desire to be different, to be her own person, separate from because she's one of the Bennett sisters so often that it just struck me as as her desire to be separate from that mm-hmm. and to be different from from Jane from Lydia from Mary um I think even just how you see her interact with like her family and I get it I get it these are the ways in which like even I today said it's weird to me how much I can often look like an eight yeah and feel like an eight so Mm -hmm. like I can see those back and forth but I think even like everything is the you will not control me you will not know me and it could be I want to be unique and you couldn't possibly know me Mm -hmm. um but I just really see it as this like defense you won't control me you won't put me in your boxes Mm -hmm. which could go either way either way and one of the things too that I could see as as going either way is the um There's this, she does towards the end of the book flee to her own space, Mm -hmm. which it's not necessarily because of an argument or because of stress in, in her environment. It's just, she longs to be on her own and mm. alone and it felt sort of rechargey the way a four might head mm. into that space particularly when she goes off to read a letter or when she she goes to her room to avoid people yeah i i have a lot to say about reading that letter yeah. I'm going to save it for our next character All and right. i know we've gone long on lizzie i just want to give one more please let me give one more fine um, So uh, when she's with Lady Catherine, Lady Catherine says, you give your opinion very decidedly for so young a person. Elizabeth suspected herself to be the first creature who had ever dared to trifle with so much dignified impertinence. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels like Lizzie is so proud to have been the only person to stand up to this person that everyone cowers to where Mm. people cower to Lady Catherine and uh, Lizzie is like, I cower to no one. Like, I don't care. You're not special. Mm -hmm. Like I will speak up to you. And she even says earlier, like I'm not impressed by her wealth. She doesn't have any special talents. Yeah. Um, so I just like that just feels like such a space like mm. I there are ways in which I would do that because mm-hmm. I would but like <laughs> not as readily like I would still be like oh but what if people think like mm. badly of me by doing that like what if everyone else in the room despises me because I stood up to her mm. like that's where I would immediately go is to shame yeah where Lizzie always immediately goes to judgment and anger mm. like you always see that response as like outrage mm-hmm. um But we have a lot more to talk about because, ladies and germs, the most wonderful character in possibly all of literature, I am convinced, (laughs) is walking into the room right now in my dreams. His name is Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy. It is indeed. And Janelle, Mm -hmm. tell me, what, what do you think of Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy? Well, he is wonderful. And he's also wonderful. Ah, I see what you did there. 
So I I tried so hard to take the famous Darcy line and apply it. And it I can. I certainly could use it, but it does not prove his one space as much as I want it to, although it does speak highly to his sense of right and wrong. And mm. that is one space. The in vain have I struggled. It's It does speak to his ideas and his intuitive gut triad, one space of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But what I will go with instead, and mind you, for Darcy and Lizzie both, I have... Much more than I did for everyone else. Me too. (laughs) Here we go. I cannot be so easily reconciled to myself. The recollection of what I then said of my conduct, my manners, my expressions during the whole of it is now and has been many months inexpressibly painful to me. Your approof so well applied. I shall never forget Had you behaved in a more gentlemanlike manner, those were your words. You know not, you can scarcely conceive how they tortured me. Though it was some time, I confess, before I was reasonable enough to allow their justice. Mm. So to me, this Mm -hmm. screams of the one's critical inner voice, he Ones will very quickly shut down in criticism because they are constantly being critical of themselves. Mm -hmm. And Darcy admits that for months he has been spending time thinking over and over and over and over again of the way he treated Elizabeth, this woman he says he loves, Mm -hmm. and how wrong that was Mm -hmm. and he's constantly berating himself using the word she even said to him as that repeated line in his head of his wrongdoing Mm. and that more than anything else although there are other things as well that just spoke volumes of oneness to me Mm. um one of the things interesting too that this is from early on um that really sort of initially struck me as as that one space is the way in which one's state their correct opinion of things to someone they see is falling away from acting correctly in what's supposed to be helpful but can also be a little cutting is after Bingley so winningly says, had they aunts and uncles to fill all of Cheapside, it would not lessen their agreeableness. Mm -hmm. Um, Darcy says, but it must very materially lessen their chance of marrying many men of any consideration in the world. It's the right and wrong social spaces that Darcy inhabits and tries to uphold with his being because that's what's expected of him and what he knows how to do and what Mm -hmm. he holds to that he hears from his friend this danger and says the thing that he's probably even been saying to himself we can't go there because that's not right Mm. 
So that's where I'll leave Darcy for now. I have some other things and some other thoughts, but I know you disagree with me on his oneness. I do. Your interpretation of Darcy makes me feel so sad. Like he's always like attacking himself and like feeling the weight of oneness. No, I know. Did you not hear that? I did, but I disagree. Okay. I disagree with like where that's coming from. That's Mm. so interesting because it looks exactly the same. Yeah. And this is again, folks, where like you have to know someone's motivation because it can look like a one could look like a five, which I never really thought of before. I think too, it helped that I have examples. Or a five can look like a one. uh, Yeah. Of (laughs) introverted ones in my life. Mm. A few of them who self-admit to being socially awkward Mm -hmm. and Darcy in the beginning this time and other times before but especially this time with the lens of the Enneagram I saw what is interpreted as as pride as just social anxiety uh I will be clear social anxiety I saw that same thing yeah and always have done yeah Uh, I've noticed it before but I think because I get so caught up with Elizabeth's side Mm -hmm. of the story, it's easy to be like, well, that was rude. Oh, no. I only focus on Darcy ever. (laughs) I mean, I think of myself as being Lizzie. So, of course, you focus on Darcy. So, I'm always looking at Darcy. Uh, Um, Because if I am Lizzie, I already know what she's thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, I think because I do have just a few different ones in my life Mm -hmm. who who are awkward Mm -hmm. in that in some of those social settings that that helped me not just go automatically to one of the withdrawing types okay yeah all right so I went automatically to one of the withdrawing types (laughs) um and I see every one of those moments as one of his just detached state of a five observing the scenario Mm. and not wanting to give too much away Mm. not wanting to share too much information for the danger Mm. that it is that people could know and just maybe at times being unaware that people are misjudging him and also just not really caring if people misjudge him Mm -hmm. because that that's not what's important um but i think i especially want to emphasize we've talked about wings with others but i think if he is a five he is a five with a very strong six wing Mm. because of that social awareness that i see those ideas of impropriety Mm -hmm. but that comes from observation and deep study Mm. and knowing how the world works Mm. and so those statements seem blunt or rude that is just his lecture talk style, oh, interesting. which is the lecture talk style of a five who's not really aware of his impact on the world, mm. um, but needs to say the thing because he has the knowledge. Mm. Um, Whereas and, I see the need to say the thing like the need to fix the dishwasher. Yeah. Like, and I see that. Mm-hmm. I disagree with it, I think, yeah. based on everything I see. Because for me, like from moment one, Darcy just shone as a five. Hmm. Every moment. Everything. Um, so, okay. So the thing that made it stand out the very most to me and made my heart sing and smile and love him adoringly mm-hmm. was that letter, though. Oh, it is beautiful. And that letter proves his five space Hmm. so let me so i have two small quotations from the letter yes that um i think really show it oh i want to start no i'm gonna read the quote and then i'll talk um he says near the end i must now mention a circumstance which i would wish to forget myself 
and which no obligation less than the present should induce me to unfold to any human being. Having said thus much, I feel no doubt of your secrecy. So fives are so careful Mm -hmm. with revealing much information about themselves at all. Because for a five, information is power over. They need to know Mm -hmm. that you can trust them. Uh, So Darcy telling Lizzie this story about Georgiana, his sister, is huge. Mm -hmm. It shows that he really does care about her and that he sees the necessity of it. But even then, he gives a specific call to secrecy. Mm. trusting her with this. Mm -hmm. We see this impulse often in Darcy. And there's even a moment later when she's still at Pemberley where she realizes Miss Bingley does not even know what happened to Georgiana. Mm -hmm. No one knows. He has kept that completely secret because people don't need to know. And fives also notoriously compartmentalize their humans. Mm -hmm. Their different groups of people do not mix and won't know about each other. And you see that in him. Um, And he's just like what I said before. I think he's just kind of socially awkward and unconcerned with people uh, misjudging him. Um, But the irony is if they had more knowledge of him, they would not misjudge him. Mm -hmm. So if he shared himself more openly, people would know him. Lizzie would not have had the time to misjudge him so hugely. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially with this letter, I really want to focus in because this letter happens. He writes it to her after he proposes and she rejects him. And he doesn't say anything in the moment. And then so this letter, I just think is a perfect five space because it opens with a thesis statement. Hmm. My purpose in writing to you, Lizzie, Mm -hmm. is this, this and this to clean up my character, basically, because you assassinated my character. And then his closing. So he had his thesis statement and then his closing statement says, You may possibly wonder why all this was not told you last night, but I was not then master enough of myself to know what could or ought to be revealed. So he was saying in that moment, I was feeling emotion Mm -hmm. and I could not detach myself to start from a place of reason Mm -hmm. from that thinking space that fives start with. And fives always do better in writing Mm -hmm. because they can deliberate over it, which is something Bingley even says of his letter writing Mm -hmm. that Darcy will um, fight over just a few words. And Bingley basically says it so he can get a $5 word in and look smart. Yes. But it shows like he takes care over every word to not be misinterpreted, to get that lecture style down, to really express himself. Um, Whereas I saw that as choosing the right word well it is choosing the right word Mm -hmm. it's choosing the most correct word so that he can express what he needs to express as what is true from his knowledge Mm -hmm. and not to be misunderstood because of that social awkwardness yeah also the closing of the letter talking about that that space when he he leaves her after the proposal reminds me of of a one trying not to be angry Mm. because anger is wrong and they we nines we forget our anger but nine but ones push it down because Mm -hmm. it's not a right emotion yeah whereas i just saw it as like he was unable at the moment to even see how to communicate Mm. the thing he needed to detach to go to his safe space Mm -hmm. think over it for a while Mm -hmm. and then 
express himself in the way that he knows he would have space to. Also, just as an aside, because I think Lizzie is an eight, he is amazing Mm -hmm. in knowing her well enough Mm -hmm. that like him writing her a letter is the best for him to communicate because he can't communicate in the moment because he is frozen because he's Mm. having feelings and she responds with anger. And so him writing her a letter that by the way, early on he dismisses any blame from her for misinterpreting him. And Mm -hmm. he wants to express who he really is because he sees how she could have misinterpreted him, but it gives her the space to respond in anger in her own space Mm -hmm. and not speak against someone that she feels is trying to control her Mm. like i just think darcy is a beautiful human being Mm -hmm. with that awareness whether he's a one or a five i think that's true but i think it comes from that five observational space Mm. and you see that he sees her character so much better than he sees hers Mm -hmm. he always talks about that is your interpretation yes that makes sense that you would interpret me this way but then he doesn't go on to explain what would be right Mm. he will leave her there and he will say, like, mm. we, I, I don't think your judgment will do either of us well right now. Yeah. So let's leave so that we can both be logical and detached and think and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, like, see it as so much of a five. And I see that as some of that beauty of a five and an eight together mm-hmm. because he gives her that emotional distance. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> so... There, there are my part of my two cents. I have a lot more sense on Darcy than that because he is just wonderful. Just read him. Oh, yes, read every word he says. Regardless. He has wisdom for today. Even oh, I posted gosh. a bunch of that on Facebook because I was so excited about everything I'm learning from Darcy right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Regardless of what type we may have assigned him, mm-hmm. whether he's a five or a one, he is this beautiful character. And one of the things that, that Jane Austen did so well with these characters is showed the beautiful growth between uh in elizabeth and darcy upon confronting the dark sides of their own personality that's one of the reasons why it it's so good to know yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can work on improving um, when you see the ways in which your personality has is making your relationships difficult. Yeah. And seeing how these characters interact. And that was just like reading this, one of the things that stood out the most was just watching once I had seen what I thought were their numbers, watching them interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, a few stood out in particular. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of mentioned this earlier, but Lizzie and Jane, mm-hmm. the way that you see Lizzie, this not afraid of confrontation, not afraid to show her cynical view and call the world what it is as it is and say to Jane like, hey, look, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is happening and give Jane a vision of her own self Mm -hmm. because Jane can't look at herself whereas Lizzie's like, look, you're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, And then Jane equally a nine with an eight Mm. calms Lizzie down, brings her to those moments of empathy, Mm -hmm. brings her to those moments of just calm. Lizzie always seeks out Jane uh for wisdom for guidance Mm -hmm. and like that's just the beauty of a nine with anyone but i think in my view especially with an eight and a Mm -hmm. nine i just think pulling that down Mm -hmm. um did you have a thought on that um the 
I, I don't disagree necessarily, although I can't speak to the eight side of things. I have a few friends who are eights um, and I appreciate the ways in which they can help me grow in those those spaces where I would not confront or access mm-hmm. the anger. Um, the hard I'm not saying I think Lizzie is an eight. Um because I do think, for me, anyone who has access to the deeper emotions, like a four, can... Oh, do we? What? Um, can be so beneficial to a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, gosh, Jane's nineness just smacks you in the face in this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she is unquestionably a nine. Yeah. And so I can I can speak to the fact that it's both, for me, beautiful to see the fours the eights the sevens Mm -hmm. really anyone who can really be in touch with with the emotions or with the excitement that you know i've i've learned consciously or unconsciously to put a stopper on Mm. um yeah and i just appreciated the ways in which jane does grow Two mm-hmm. in the end, she doesn't have as big of an arc necessarily as Elizabeth or Darcy, but she definitely, in the quotation that you used about mm-hmm. her speaking of um, Miss Bingley, mm-hmm. the the ability for her to to access some of her anger of mm-hmm. having be having been mistreated, mm-hmm. um, it's not much, and she still says the other side of the story. Yeah, but she is she's not just constantly defending. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say more because we're going long. Um, and then I kind of talked about Lizzie and Darcy, but I actually do sort of want to end with the quotation about the two of them, Mm -hmm. because I think Jane Austen says it better than I possibly could. And if you're in the Norton edition, it's on page 202. (laughs) Um, Jane, Jane, Lizzie says he was exactly the man who in disposition and talents would most suit her. His understanding and temper, though unlike her own, would have answered her all her wishes. It was it was an union that must have been to the advantage of both. Mm. By her ease and liveliness, his mind might have been softened. His manners improved, and from his judgments, information, and knowledge of the world, she must have received benefit of greater importance." We'll leave that greater importance part out. But um, I think... And I think, too, that importance isn't necessarily social status. It's That's part of it, I'm sure. But it's also knowledge, which is something that she has and something that she longs for more of. Mm-hmm. And I would wager that is his five space because Mm. he has so much knowledge. He does so much observing. He does so much reading. Mm -hmm. He even talks early on about the value of books. Mm. But no matter what, just like this perfect evening each other out. These two numbers, I argue eight and five. Mm -hmm. These two numbers that one that is in the anger triad that is from the gut that is reactionary and this detached calm observant personality Mm -hmm. who is also socially awkward and shy and doesn't know how to do things 
in the world, you know, really interact mm-hmm. with people. So she brings him into society and he pulls her back from society. Yeah. And that just benefits each other and they can balance each other out. It could also lead to a lot of like, I don't know prejudices and misjudgments <laughs> one of the things that i also just have to point out here that i appreciate is that we both chose types that share a line mm, that's for true. elizabeth and darcy mm-hmm. um yes you might have to explain what that means to say that though. it's true so and in the the image of the enneagram there is lines connecting all of the numbers there's a circle around the outside as well as lines crisscrossing the middle um and eight goes to five Mm. in stress Mm -hmm. oh i thought about that a lot i have a lot to say about that i just didn't sure (laughs) and four goes to one or rather the other way around i should say one Mm -hmm. goes to four in stress um and crossways five goes to eight mm-hmm. in health and four goes to one in health so they're balancing and so either they're way. either way yeah. whether lizzie's a four and darcy's a one or lizzie's an eight and darcy's a five they still cross intelligence center spaces mm-hmm. and they connect in those those highs and lows of life mm-hmm. they can communicate with each other when they are open to seeing those differences mm-hmm. okay i have so much more to say but but uh i would love 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 to hear everyone in internet land's responses i want to know who do you think was right was darcy an eight <laughs> i think you mean lizzie I or, mean, Lizzie, Darcy's not an eight. I'm well, you crazy. could you could tell us that you think Darcy's an eight. Let yes, us know if please you do. let us know. Um, anyway, uh, please reach out. We are on Twitter at at type this cast. We are on Instagram at type this cast. We have a Gmail type this cast at gmail.com. Please reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you agree or disagree. Your responses. Any of that. Indeed. And join us next time when we are very excited to discuss one of our personal favorite stories. Let's be honest, all of these have been, but this one is so good. J.M. Barry's Peter Pan through the lens of the Enneagram. We're off to Neverland. Huzzah. But until then, fine folks, in the ineffable words of Neil Gaiman, trust dreams, trust your heart, and trust your story. (laughs) 